Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Calgary Bros Football Podcast. This is Benson over here, and we've got Victor on the other side. Wait, 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 wait. What do you mean, Benson? <laughs> what do you mean, Benson? I'm calling myself my name. Um, and we also have, sorry, we also have a special guest. I'm going to skip right through you because you're going to derail this whole thing. So we're gonna, we got a special guest today. We've got Martin on the line. Uh, Martin uh, is going to be joining us today. He's a Manchester United fan. And um, yeah, Martin, uh, introductions, please. Who are you? What do you do? Uh, how do you, you know, love United? How how did this happen? Well, I didn't have a choice. Hello, everyone, by the way. My name is Martin. And uh, yeah, I didn't have a choice who I support because, yeah, I was born and raised in Manchester. You know, so many generations of my family grew up supporting them. And uh, yeah, so... Like I said, I didn't have a choice. So it, whether that's good or bad, it was definitely good in the 90s and, and 2000s. Now, now it's uh, hit and miss, that's for sure. And that's putting it lightly. <laughs> yeah, this is, there's definitely uh, a lot of uh, pain right now uh, for from a United uh, fan's perspective um, compared to back then when we were you know, running things up and uh, winning all the all the pots. Um, but uh, uh, we'll get right into it. I actually have a lot. I actually want to ask you, you know, uh, 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 Martin, but, um, you know, just to kind of give people the general itinerary of what we're going to be covering today, we're going to be covering uh, Chelsea uh, as a start. Chelsea against Brentford. Chelsea lost 4-1 this weekend uh, to Brentford. Um, and uh, Manchester United doing everything we can uh, to get out of, uh, you know, uh, Europe uh, uh, places by tying against Leicester uh, 1-1. So we'll be covering that piece there. But just to kind of kickstart things off, um, Vic, what happened with Chelsea against Brentford, man? What's going on on the Chelsea side of things? Oh, man. It's just a load of <laughs> something, that's for sure. <laughs> but uh, this game was very – I think we were good until, like, me, the second half where we, we, we got the goal. And what a goal it was from Rudiger because, you know, Rudiger just – he's been trying that for so many, so many games, trying to score from so far out. And then for him to crack that, I thought it was actually a deflection at, at first. But then I looked at it again. That ball swung. It swung and then curved in. I was like, what? <laughs> and then uh, really good celebration was the one. He just took the cake where he shit house. <laughs> and then uh, after that, I don't know. It's like, um, it's almost like we were playing FIFA after that. You know, like, mm. you know, when you score a goal and then in FIFA is like you're more susceptible to like conceding again. And then these guys, Brentford just picked it up. They turned up the pace and like, in 10 minutes, we considered, like, three goals. And, like, the three goals were not even, like, they were not, like, shitty goals. They were well-calculated goals. Like, mm-hmm. I know what it was. One, one uh, defender was pushing up, and they literally did a one-two beside. It was – we got killed by numerical advantages, basically, from Brentford just doing one-twos and send the ball over, swing it over, the other guy is there, go, right? Erickson, when you when, when, when – you... Sorry, I just want to say something here. When you say numerical advantages, are what, like, in what area of the field are you? In the, so in in the mid in the midfield, like they in were the they were 
yeah, they were using numerical advantage. And then uh, from the midfield to like the third, uh, the final third, right? They mm. were just using that. And then basically one twos were literally cutting Chelsea up. It's like we didn't even know how to defend the one twos. Or oh, we didn't we didn't expect that Brentford were going to be using one twos against us. But so, they definitely so, used it. Yeah, but but when you say that, okay, so you're saying in the midfield, um, you had who was uh, I, I missed this game, uh, but you guys yeah. were playing who who was manning your midfield for you? So was it that Brentford had three a three man midfield and you had two men? Uh, as the usual, either Jorginho or Kante. Because um, I know I did see Kante on there, or Kovacic and Kante. Was it just that uh, that group, or was there, um, you know, like was was there more? Where you, you did you match the midfield, or it was was it Tuchel's usual three three four three? Um, no, I think he kind of butched this one, man. To be honest, like the 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 lineup the lineup he chose, he put Timo Werner in the left side. Um, Kovacic was there. Kante was there, but then he also had uh, Loftus Cheek. And man, I've been saying this for a while. I think uh, as much as we love Kante, he's not like he hasn't been at that level for a while. Even though sometimes he shows glimpses of it, but you can definitely tell like there's a massive decline going on with Kante. Um, Could I but, just say something about that? Absolutely, like, go ahead. Yeah, with uh, the goal that Ericsson scored, Kante um, actually is ball watching and he goes and leaves Ericsson yeah. wide open. He goes towards the left hand mm-hmm. side where exactly. the ball is. There's already two players there. And mm-hmm. uh, because of that mistake, it leaves Ericsson wide open for okay. an easy goal. Yeah, exactly. And that was, that was a massive issue because I was looking at that. I was like, what are you doing? And Alonso, he's a culprit for sure. But Alonso, you, if you look at the if you look at the replay and the highlights, Alonso was literally telling Kante, "Look over there, <laughs> like look over mm-hmm. there. Ericsson is there. Why are you coming here? Two guys are here. Matter of fact, I think it became three, 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 three people literally came to the same guy and left Ericsson wide open. And that was just like, what are you doing, man? Like this is not the way." This is not this is not the Tuku way at all. Like it just it was very surprising, and um, basically I think honestly we did not expect it, and so when it happened to us, it was like, wow, you know what I mean. So everybody was literally in shock. Even Tuku was in shock. He he came out in the press conference. He said, 10 minutes we went to sleep, and like this is what happened to us." You know what I mean? Like you let the gas off. Uh, you take the you take your foot off the gas for like. 10 minutes and you will be made, you will pay for it, right? It's the Premier League. As well, another thing, uh, in this game, Mendy was very shaky, man. I swear. It's like, I think games after like international break with Chelsea, you should just write it off. Just say, you know, that um, this game we're going to, <laughs> we're either going to lose or we're going to tie. I was talking to my boy Sam while the game was going on. He's like, this is either a win or he, this is either a tie or a loss. Literally, he said it. He's like, bro, we're playing like stupid idiots here. Point blank rubbish. Not even like the proper fucking starter lineup. And like, he actually went to a 4-3-3. But the thing is, you're going to a 4-3-3, but you're not playing the personnel that fits the 4-3-3, right? So, yeah. 
the I, I I will say maybe uh, just on the case of Mendy. Mendy has just qualified for the World Cup. Would you be saying that maybe he was partying? Yeah, it's probably probably had a hangover or something. He was, but... Yeah, he's part, partying a little too hard. Uh, yeah. After making the World Cup, um, maybe you have to give him some slack. But but to think that you will sub out a goalkeeper that's very much in form. Um and uh obviously did did fantastic with Senegal and have yeah. been doing quite fantastic. Yeah, maybe didn't have the greatest game, but you know, will that would you put any of the blame on him when I, I don't I don't know like what what will make you say hey maybe we shouldn't be playing and we should be playing um you know Kepa? Huh. <laughs> Honestly, at this point. Like like I said, after the, after the international break, just write Chelsea off, just write oh, off them. Like, oh, but after cop out, that it's it's messed up, but it's actually like it's true. After international break, we're very sluggish, and I think this was even like the worst international break yet that we've mm-hmm. had to concede four goals against Brentford, where they just literally just oh my god, man! Like it was it was something that I was watching and I was like, man, should I really? Should I just turn this TV off because, <laughs> and just go back to sleep? Because you know, like I have work. <laughs> you know, I have work. I'm I'm tired already, and I'm opening up the TV to come and watch this. And these guys are not even playing, man. Like, okay. and then, man, so so what what is the cause of that sluggishness? Because Chelsea are not the only team that goes through international, uh, uh, international break. Yeah, what but the thing was like the, the, player, the, the players that they're playing, right? Not all of them were at international breaks, right? But majority of Chelsea players were all there, right? So okay. that could be one reason. But as well, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't really be used as an excuse. You're playing at the top level of fucking football, man. So you gotta I like think, um, you gotta wake up ready to play. Yeah, go on, Martin. I was going to say, I think the international break came at a bad time for Chelsea because, you know, it ended their four-game or so uh, winning streak, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah it did. Yeah, so, it really shook things up. But uh, I, yeah, I wouldn't... Sorry, you go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, I, I would keep uh, faith in Mendy. I think he just had a blip of, a, you know, a one-off game. I think he's, you know, way ahead of uh, Kepa. Um, uh-huh. Unless it's a penalty shootout, he's supposedly there in that um, department. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think Mendy's still definitely easily in the top five best goalkeepers in the world, uh, going off, you know, past games of, you know, different things, uh, right. whether it's, um, you know, his national team or um, for Chelsea. Um, and and for Kante, I think he's. I mean, like if you think about it, the the Champions League final, he bossed that game. I don't know if he's on the decline, but maybe he just had a an off game that day too. Um, but I guess we'll see in the near future. It's been it's actually been happening a few times, man. Honestly, like uh, the Chelsea faithfuls and the ones who like watch Chelsea religiously, we all know. We all know Kante's on the decline, and, and and that's fair. You know, like, you're getting older, man. You're getting older. You're not able to really, like, have the same, like, type of energy or the same type of impact that you've been having on games sometimes, hey, right? But We'll uh, take him at United. We'll take him. 
I know yeah, you guys do well. <laughs> what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, bro, like the the game right now is so cutthroat, right? It has to be cutthroat because if you're not cutthroat with it, you will never you will never put yourself in an uncomfortable position to make a change, right? And this is the thing why we we uh, why the Chelsea faithfuls are really talking about Aurelian Sh- uh, Chumani or like guys like uh, Haidara, you know what I mean? Because it's time now. We need to start looking at a solid replacement. When the time actually finally comes, we need to be ready for that, right? Because if you lose a guy like Kante, you need to you need to replace that. But it's very it's very hard, and maybe sometimes it may be impossible to replace that for like maybe somewhat like ten years before you have a player like that coming in. But you, you need to like try. United. We haven't replaced Roy Keane or Michael Carrick, you know. Yeah. Or Paul Scholes. But that's what it is, you know. Like yeah. we need to, we need every people need to come to terms and just agree. Like it is what it is, man. Like thank I'm, you, I'm Kante, sure. for all the services that you have given us over the years. It's been marvelous. It's been yeah. amazing. But now am, it's am, time for us to look for other replacements. Yeah, I am absolutely sure that uh, you know, I and I I follow a lot of uh, the the social media you know thing that on ongo- that's ongoing with the Chelsea uh, uh, fan base, and I know for a fact that uh, even though you guys love Chelsea, you guys your fan base is so cutthroat that you will you know you will move on from him in a heartbeat if you get a better replacement or a better better yeah. alternative. Uh, yeah. That is, but I want to uh, really quickly touch on uh, you know one of the, the the highlights that we were chatting about before we uh, started the show. Uh, Rudiger's goal, uh, yeah. What a beauty! What a beauty! What mm-hmm. a beauty. Um, you know the, uh, that that goal was just magnificent. Actually, in fact, I actually have it playing on the background now, so I'm I'm seeing it again for like the. 10th time what, and uh, watch, watch, watch the celebration. The celebration yeah, is I that face. It was something else. Yeah, you know, it was he's always trying that and finally it's paid off. But the one yeah. one thing too I wanted to bring up was also something that was heartwarming. Um now I didn't actually I saw like the high I saw the, the up to two one of the highlights and I, I just stopped. I was too depressed uh that I stopped watching. Uh, but um, uh, Ericsson, Ericsson's back, and uh, you know scored. he scored a goal. What a yeah. you know, what a nice story that is for him to like go through all that whole crazy thing, um, mm-hmm. and finally make it back and actually scoring again in the Premier League. Um, yeah, he actually he actually knocked one in. I think what was it last week on his return to the Denmark national team? Yeah, uh, I think it was like two minutes to him getting subbed in and he scored a beautiful goal. And then here, now he finally gets the goal for Brentford. But he's already had an assist. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. like, the, since he came in, like, it's like Brentford needed that. They just needed that. And I, I, have you noticed now, like, how many, like, Denmark players are in Brentford? There's, like, four oh, five. Danish players. Yeah, there's a lot of Danish players in, in, in Brentford. I didn't yeah. even notice that till we played them and they were sh- displaying their they were displaying their national flags on the on the intro, you know, like before the game starts. Yeah. Which is the team lineup. Yeah, yeah, on the team lineup and basically like I saw like five guys over there that are Danish players. Yeah, he uh, uh I've seen I've seen that. I've seen a lot of names that sound Danish to me, but I I'm just 
I'm not bothered to go in and start checking. Hey, are they, uh, you know, are they from Denmark or not, right? Um, well, maybe it's a trend because, you know, Wolverhampton's done it with their Portuguese players. So. <laughs> maybe that's yeah. what people should start doing, you know, go go to a, uh, go to a, a country and just recruit all the youngins and, you know, if you have like the French contingent and uh, I, I don't know, maybe Chelsea or something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it probably helps for chemistry. It's almost like FIFA Ultimate Team where you got the chemistry. It's like that. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It sure it does. does. Uh, also, in the, in this game, Kova was trying to dribble a lot too much and carry the ball, but this time they were stopping him. And everyone well, they took the ball and was trying to move up with it. Well, we had, uh, actually had a few. We had a few chances even going forward, but like nothing that we, we scored a goal with Lukaku, but it was offside, right? Um, Kai Havertz had a beautiful chance, but didn't bury it. Um, yeah. So easily we could have been back into the game, but after the after those two three chances, then it was a wrap. It was yeah. finished. You knew, you knew you knew Chelsea wasn't coming back in there because they just exhausted all those all those opportunities, right? Yeah. What I didn't understand, though, from uh, Tuko is uh, why didn't he? Why was the reason why he did not play Pulisic? This guy well, just came from a hat trick in the in the in the qualification round, and he balled, man. He was playing some re- some serious games, but the thing is, like, was he injured? Which I don't want to see, or maybe it was Tuko just saying he needs a rest before Champions League. But then Champions League is next week, isn't it? No, Champions uh, League is uh, this week and this next week. week. Is yeah. it this week? I was looking on the I was looking on the zone twelves or something. I was like, what? I don't know if I don't know if Chelsea's playing this week. Uh, but regardless, look, it, it, I don't. I, I also don't want this to be a thing about Pulisic again because at the end of the day, you know, uh, I've always tried to say this on on the show. I always stay away from managers uh decisions and lineups except if it comes to manchester united and harry Maguire, then i i throw a hissy fit <laughs> but uh if it's uh, uh anybody i i just try to trust a manager's decision you have no idea how many times i've seen people freak out at uh, a manager's choice for not playing one player and the next minute they do a fantastic job and then you look like an idiot you know after they've mm-hmm. Uh, played, you know, chosen that player, right? So there's always a reason. Uh, there's a lot of statistical data that they look at. They look at the the players' minutes. They don't know. I mean, I mean, if you play with the uh, in the states, they might have played like what two, three games, um, and maybe they thought, hey, that's a lot for him. And mm-hmm. also seeing the players' history uh, with injuries and a lot of things, they might just say, hey, look, we're just gonna we're not gonna risk it because. Uh, he he may pull a hammy or a quad or something, and we just want to, yeah, we just want to manage him accordingly. And and a guy like Pulisic, who uh, a lot of people say he needs a uh, paracetamol to play, uh, you know, I I would uh, I would trust that that's the right decision um, to 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 keep him away from the from the game. But real quick, there's something that actually came up uh, that actually shocked me. Apparently, Tuchel is going through a divorce. Um, yes, yes. Him and his wife of like, uh, was it twelve years? Is separated now, ten years or something? Yeah, that's they, crazy. Uh, yeah, and it came at this at this time at this shocking time too. Like, man, I wonder what it was. Maybe she, maybe maybe she told 
maybe she told Tuchel go join Manchester United because you know they they don't have anything going on with the owners right now. <laughs> and then and then Tuchel said no, and then she's like, well, how you gonna make all this money? And then she's like, nah, you gotta go, bro. I'm done. <laughs> no, I'm hearing she's the one who's uh, uh, filing for divorce. So which is very uh, that I don't know. I mean, I've, I've never been through a divorce, but I've I've uh, we have family members who've been through one and uh, friends. So. Uh, you know, I can feel that uh, that must be a, a painful piece uh, for him there. But uh, anyway, hopefully he can figure that out. But uh, maybe, I mean, maybe, no, I don't... maybe that's part of the reason why he decided to go with a four three three this weekend. Who knows? Maybe, Who knows? maybe. Um, and then, real quick, but, yeah, um, real quick, so... yeah, yeah. Last, last little piece here. Just wanted to touch on this. What is going on with uh, Chelsea's uh, sale and what is happening there? Is it going to be the Ricketts? Because I'm hearing the Ricketts are... Yeah, it's like it's, they may get it. it's looking like the Ricketts, but the supporter group does not want the Ricketts. The fans don't want the Ricketts. Everybody has their banners up saying no to Ricketts. Um, the other candidate is Todd Bowley. Um, the Saudis got denied. Did you, did you know that? They I actually, heard about that, yeah. Yeah, they got denied. But I'm like... Man, forget oh. that nonsense, bro. Give us the Saudi. <laughs> we don't care. Oh, we just um, want the money. <laughs> we, just want the, we don't give a damn, bro. We just want somebody who's going to want to fucking win. That's it. We just got to want to win and, and invest in the club, invest in the team, and make the right moves. You know what I mean? Because, like, forget, you know, forget we're going to get left behind, bro. You know, forget, so. forget, uh, forget human rights. You guys just want to human rights, man. Let him go do <laughs> with that. Say that. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, hope man. you're joking. I'm, I'm joking. joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> but still, though, like, but another thing, um, over the past week, Roman Abramovich was on un- under un- suspected poisoning. <laughs> Did you hear that? No. No, yeah, no. apparently um during the during the you know um the peace the peace talks, you know, because Roman is really forcing those peace talks. He doesn't want any uh any more bloodshed between uh, Russia and Ukraine. So he's basically like deep inside that inside those peace talks, but he was mm. under suspected poisoning, bro. Like they they literally said uh but his life is not in danger anymore. Like <laughs> bro, somebody tried to put cyanide in his drink, bro. Can what? you imagine? That's fucked, bro. That's really messed up. Like That's to be cool. in that type of situation now, it's like you can tell Putin Putin probably looks at him and he's like, bro, I know this guy. He's gonna give me up and shit. So why don't we take him out? But it wasn't just him that was poisoned. It was the other guy as well who was uh who was also in the peace talks, was also poisoned as well. So that's yeah, crazy. man. Over the over the last week, yeah, it was it was on the news and everything. Like they, he he got he got he got poisoned, but luckily he survived. Thank God. Now they're saying something's something's pointing somewhere. They're saying Chelsea might not get sold. It seems like the sale is being dragged longer because Abramovich might be granted what he wants. You know what I mean? But. Mm. I don't know how much of a how much of a basis there is to that. I hope it's true, because man, he's trying. He's trying. Even though it's for political purposes, he's trying. Oh. He's trying his best. To I think your audio is going a bit there. Yeah, hey Vic, your audio is uh, is going off, buddy. 
Hey, what? Oh, your audio, like, for some reason, it sounded like... Oh, uh, it sounds like something is just awkward is happening, but I don't... I, it looks like... What, um, what, does, what does it sound like? Sounds like sound you're like in the distance. Yeah. Okay, just uh, just give me give me a quick second. Yeah, or maybe you're losing your voice. Um, <laughs> I don't think <laughs> voice. I would notice if I'm losing my voice here. Well, yeah, with the with the way the audio sounds, sounds like you're losing your voice. But uh, I, we can hear you better now, so I don't know if that's. Oh, you can hear me better, better now. Yeah, we can hear you better now. Okay. So yeah, basically, uh, because um, he's forcing he's forcing the the peace talks. There might be okay. some, you know, redemption. At some point, I'm hoping there is because you know, like we don't want to lose Abra, and I don't think it's I don't think it's fair the way that they're kind of doing him right now to kind of like take his club away, you know, because he hasn't he's if anything he has helped the entire economy in England in in London. And as well, like he's he has done various amount of things for during the COVID times. I'm gonna stress this again. Like those were the, one of the most hardest times in those places, and he literally gave up his hotel and told the workers, "You can sleep here. No need to drive back home or take the bus to get back home." You know, um, like I I want to I I want to British economy economy. Yeah, <laughs> in London, I think they've got other ways, but see what you're saying. Yeah. I, I was actually, I actually wanted to bring you, Martin, on this because uh, I've heard Rick say this before, and I don't. I mean, I, I, I always see things um, in passing here and there. Um, I, I, I mean, I don't go too deep into it, but um, maybe uh, you probably will still have a lot more connects uh, back home. Uh, then we can uh, is what is the general take on Abramovich and all this stuff like you know when it comes to uh, Abramovich uh, owning Chelsea I know that the general feeling is the first sports washing started with Abramovich uh, in, in England that's the general feeling that I like, seem to get from um, uh, people uh, on social media uh, but I want to see you know what your thoughts are on that and kind of the situation that Chelsea's going through right now, uh, you know, what is the general feeling about that? And, you know, do you still have connects out there who still say, hey, they deserve this? Uh, or maybe, hey, this is actually wrong. Yeah, I think it's, it's definitely getting scrutinized a lot. And uh, I listen to like the Gary Neville podcast and what he's got to say and, and you know, people like that as well as talking to my connections back home, you know, whether it's friends and family and, and what have you. And I've got like a cousin who lives in London. And I think like at this point in time, especially like what's going on, um, I think it's just getting scrutinized to a point where things have got to change. There's got to be, you know, ways to kind of censor this stuff and, and make sure like, clubs are going to be owned by, you know, the right type of people. I mean, there's mm -hmm. no clean money, absolutely clean, but there's cleaner. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the ideal situation would be to eliminate as much as this as possible. Um, so then something like this doesn't come up again. I mean, granted, yeah, the um, situation for Chelsea is only because of the, the Russian connection situation with Ukraine. 
and uh, no one was going to know that was going to happen. But, you know, at least Chelsea fans can be happy that they've had a good, what, 20 years, give or take, of the the era of uh, Abramovich. So, you know, all good things have to come to an end. And, and United fans know that with Sir Alex Ferguson and with the Glazers taking over and, and what things we've had to go through with our ownerships. So, um, you know, at least they can look at it and be like, hey, at least we've had, you know, as Chelsea fans, at least they've had success over those 20 years for the most part. And, you know, it sounds like they've got some good offers, uh, which, you know, if United fans, if we can um, see this and, you know, hopefully get the protesting going again um, Mm -hmm. and hopefully get some people that will be able to buy the club um, available. But at the same time, it's uh, all dependent if they will sell the club, which, uh, you know, hopefully they do, but it doesn't seem like they're going to go away. They're like a cockroach. No, they're (laughs) 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 no cool. (laughs) Okay, no, that's 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 uh, that's interesting, and and I I I have a, a massive opinion on this. I mentioned this last week, so if so any person wants to get my thoughts on it, uh, uh, you know, it, last week I talked about it. Mine is simple. Uh, I feel this is a dangerous precedent that the British government is, uh, or maybe I won't say British English uh, government is is doing in my in my opinion, but at the same time, as you said. You have to, you have the, the the Premier League needs to be a lot more on the ball with this stuff. Like you can't just have anybody come in and just you know take over and uh, take over a club and start up all this. I mean, look at what is happening in Newcastle. I, I I like Newcastle from back in the day. Alan Shearer was one of my favorite players back in the day, and um, you know uh, uh, seeing seeing them kind of rise again in a way is a good thing, but. Uh, honor the Saudis is just come on, guys. Like, couldn't there have been somebody else that uh, that that you could have gotten to take over this? But I mean, from the Newcastle standpoint, they've been uh, the fan standpoint, they've been so hurt for so long under Mike Ashley's uh, leadership that they are willing to dance with the devil if it if if it takes them away from uh, the perceived darkness that they were they were in. Um, yeah. And- I mean, it- it could bite them in the butt, you know, down the road, exactly. and they could have exactly. a similar situation that Chelsea's going through now. Exactly, exactly, and and that's the that's the future state, right? Imagine something crazy happens, and next minute they're being sanctioned, and all that, you know, enjoyment for how many years that they got, uh, you know, could fall apart. Um, in a way, I kind of hope that happens with City pretty soon here, but uh, that's the whole other thing. <laughs> Uh, awesome. All right. I think we'll jump over to the United segment. Um, you know, just to touch on uh, that piece. There. Yeah, I just wanted to say a few things about Absolutely. the uh, Chelsea and Brentford. Uh, it won't take long. I was just going to say, uh, for Brentford, is is Ericsson their best ever player, or maybe just their highest profile player? I mean, who'd have thought he would go there? But it kind of makes sense with you know what happened in the Euros, and you know with the liability of if something, you know, was going to happen again, I mean, yeah. on what it doesn't. And uh, it's like, it's like a fairy tale story for him. And it's, it's nice to see him back in the Premier League, um, yeah. you know, because 
obviously we saw him, I would say, in his prime at Le- uh, um, Tottenham uh, before he went into Milan. But yeah, it's that nice to see him back. Bad move. Pardon? Like, when when he went to Inter, that was a bad move. He shouldn't. Have yeah, won. but he he had ambi- ambition, right? And yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. and yeah. after Tottenham, you know, not winning the Champions League, you know, he wanted to see if he could win things, and he he won um, trophies at Inter yeah. Milan. So I I don't agree with you with that one, Victor. Yeah. <laughs> I think but, it was but, a good but, move. The thing is, though, the thing the thing people would like to say, you know, the people the people will say he won trophies with them, but was he directly involved in winning those trophies? Hey, I swear I mean, to God, there was like he was still a part of it in one like, ways or another. Yeah, he was he was part of it, but like he wasn't directly involved. If it was something like maybe in Tottenham, you know for sure he'd be involved. But I will, like. I, I the mean, way- I, I didn't watch a lot of the Inter Milan, but they had like a makeshift team. They were getting, you know, rejects from United, like Ashley Young yeah. and uh, Sanchez and all these players. Darmian. Yeah. yeah, they they were able to conjure up something from from all these rejects and, you know, misfits and, and to win things. But, you know, they had the great manager that now Tottenham have. So, yeah. But that's, I, that's, I, the, that's, the, that's the crazy part, though. Those guys were, as you say, what what did you call them? Uh, the rejects, right? Yeah, those the rejects the, and misfits. Yeah, those were the rejects and misfits, but Erickson was definitely not a reject. I would have thought that maybe at least Erickson would have played even uh, even a greater part than what he had played in doing this whole, the whole, like, two years since that he was there. Because... He was the one of the main players in Tottenham, and he was not a reject because he, Tottenham wanted to keep him, but he decided he wanted to go. For those other guys, they wanted to sell them. They sold their asses and then pushed them over to Inter. But Ericsson was there to probably be like one of the top, maybe the top four or five players there. He wasn't even close. That's why I said. That's why I say it was not a good. It's not such a good move. Yes, he he won things. He won the Scudetto and uh, the was it the Italian Cup, but he wasn't directly involved in it. You know, I I I am with uh, Martin on this. It actually that is a fantastic move for his career. Um, and in fact, if anything. Any any person would be stupid not to take that opportunity. Look, when you're in a team, and I and I get where you where you're coming from also as well, Mario. When you say like a group of misfits, a group of misfits from Manchester United, that is. But if you look at some of the other names that were on that team, those there were a, a, a good group of like strong up and coming uh, uh, players and winners like Vidal. Vidal had literally won everything. He's won Scudettos. He's won. Well, he he. I would still class him as a, a reject from Barcelona, right? Because yeah, then he goes true, from Barcelona to there. So I mean, I'm not saying the whole squad, the whole you know team of the Stein Eleven were all misfits and rejects from other teams, but I'm just saying, you know, in general, from an outsider's perspective who's yeah. who doesn't really watch that league i don't know if sounds like victor watches them a lot because he knows exactly how many appearances uh erickson made i have no idea but <laughs> i think you know he he went there and i think it was a good career move like i i touched upon 
And uh, yeah, I think uh, with the manager, he pulled it all together and uh, they were successful to a point. And then I heard that, you know, um, they, they, wanted, they wanted to liquidate the team. Yeah, I, no, well, I think um, the manager wasn't getting any more back in. So then he, um, he left the club, didn't he? So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. The the Italian so yes we we actually watched a lot of uh, Italian football last season because it was on the zone, um, but uh, the the reason Conte left because they didn't have enough money to be able to you know fund because Conte is a demanding manager right he comes into your team he wants new players all the time he, yeah he, I guess know, it was in the the COVID time right so the, yeah. the club lost a lot of money as well right so yeah. yeah so and they had to they they sold their best right back Hakimi they sold the forward that everything had run through like Lukaku remember Lukaku for Manchester United uh you know they they uh they got rid of some some good players the only players that were managed they managed to keep uh ended up being um uh, Nicolo Barella uh, and uh, the center back uh, Scrinia, uh, while bringing up uh, Bastoni, uh, one of the uh, youth, I think he was like 20, 19, 19 20 years old, um, you know, bringing up those those young players. So the it was, in my opinion, I know Victor is saying Christian Harrison's time in, in there wasn't a success for me. It was, I felt it was a, a very good move. And uh, when you're going to a team at that high level, uh, you don't expect to play every every game. Um, you only expect it to just come in, do your job for a couple of, you know, uh, games or minutes, whatever necessary. Um, as far as you secured the the trophy at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter how you get there. Because if if you remember, even watching some of the games, Alexis Sanchez barely even played, but he was yeah. still a key key part of success for that team. Um, and Ashley Young came in, did his job, like. Uh, Darmian even, there was some times where I was like, how is Darmian even making it into this team? Um, and, uh, you know, it, it could barely last in, in Manchester. I know Italian league is a whole different league, but still, um, seeing his revival uh, and a bunch of other players' revival was quite crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a team game, as we know. You need a good squad to rotate and to be there when there's injuries and and suspensions and what have you so i mean everyone within you know their team played a part you know whether it's more or less for some players they when they win a trophy it's you know they're still a part of it so for ericsson like we said it was a good move he did his bit whatever amount of appearances and and minutes he got, but you know he he at least won something, and Tottenham what what have they won? So exactly, e- exactly. What has Harry Kane won anyway? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and then so that was my stint on uh, Ericsson. Uh, kind of like you know for Brentford, it's nice for them to have such a you know a recognizable player. Um, mm-hmm. You know I don't know. Brentford's history or much about the club but you know this is a, a top player for them I don't know if it's the best player or the most iconic player but it's definitely a player that stands out from the outside looking in for from me yeah, and, absolutely. yeah and then I just wanted to make a few comments on Chelsea because uh, Victor likes to talk about his team so obviously he <laughs> on one 
you know, he was talking for Chelsea nonstop, which is fine. <laughs> but, yeah, Rudiger's goal is, it could be a contender for goal of the month, but it's one of those ones, especially because he's a defender, centre-back, uh, you know, he, he hits that, you know, a hundred times or a thousand times and he misses most of them, right? But that mm -hmm. one time, which is this one, it goes posting in and it's a beauty. So, you know, that's mm -hmm. celebration and face and running up to the manager was uh, priceless. So Yeah, yeah that, that, that was definitely a good celebration. The only thing that... <laughs> The only thing that killed it, the whole the whole mood was them conceding like a minute after that. <laughs> yeah, well, I think in in uh, for Chelsea's perspective, they scored that screamer, and I think you know, like I mentioned, they were on a a good uh, winning streak before the international break and break. So I think they thought, you know, this is little club Brentford just got promoted. We've got this in the bag, and then it's like you said. To, I don't, it's like I don't FIFA know the... moment. No, go ahead. Go ahead, finish. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think it's like a FIFA moment, like you said prior. Uh, and, you know, they just thought, we've got this. You know, we're 1-0 up. We just got that screamer. And before the international break, we, we came off, you know, a full, full game or whatever it was, winning streak. So I thought, mm -hmm. you know, they, they could have been taking it for granted. Oh, we're, we're up. We're going to win this. And, and Brentford, watching the highlights uh, a few times while um, Victor was talking, um, I, I, most of their goals were counterattacks. So I think they were getting caught um, from from off the break from a counterattack. So mm -hmm. Chelsea was too far forward. I think one one or two were from a corner uh, counterattack. So just a you know um, transitional period from defending taking the ball from Chelsea and, and getting that quick counter attack to score. Mm -hmm. And they and they use those they use those counters to a T because if you look at the build up play, those were one twos and that's how they arrived at those chances, right? So um but the thing Man, I don't even I don't even know what well, to say. And, and I was I just gonna say one I was just gonna blow. say one last thing here. Um, I think the the Mendy situation happened before anyone scored. I think it was when he almost gifted Brentford yep. a goal, right? Yeah. Yep. So, yep. so seeing that would boost Brentford's confidence and be mm -hmm. like, oh, Chelsea are a little shaky here, and it would yeah. decrease Chelsea's confidence. Sure, mm -hmm. it got boosted up when Rudiger scored that, you know, screamer. But mm -hmm. I think that was a psychological uh, difference in the beginning yeah. of the game because I think it happened early on before anyone scored. Yeah, uh, it happened at the, the yeah, fourth minute, I think. Yeah, yeah, I didn't watch the game, but I saw the highlights a few times uh, to kind of get a, a, a general idea of the game. So I'm just going off what I'm seeing from the highlights, but yeah. Yeah, I think those aspects could have could have been a factor um, for for the result for that game. Yeah. Right. No, yeah. football football is all about confidence, right? And that's that's a big thing. I always well, some people I, I see people comment and they always say confidence is a drug, and um, and nothing true has ever been said. I I know for a fact when I play and I'm playing and I'm just feeling it. I'm in the moment. Nothing can stop me. I, I feel invincible. But uh, at the same time, I if I'm having like let's say I made a couple of mistakes here and there, 
Ooh, that all of a sudden the, the mindset changes, right? And, and then um, you got to get back in the groove and get get into that, you know, purple patch and get into that, you know, exactly. stream where you're confident and you can just keep going, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. All right. They shouldn't have they shouldn't have taken Brentford for for you know like the, taking it so lightly because in the first game Brentford gave us troubles, man. And it was yeah, like the underestimated 1-0 or something, and they actually had chances to win those games. So, but it's yeah. okay. We move. It's a blimp. I just yep. know that the I just know that the, the the race for the title is over now. So we keep going. Oh, I I didn't think you were trying to challenge for the title. I think I thought you were <laughs> trying to we were, cement your we place in the top four and. And maybe yeah, that's a little under threat because it seems like the top four race for, you know, uh, the likes of uh, Tottenham, Man United, uh, West Ham, and now it seems like Chelsea. It's like it almost feels and seems like no one really wants it. And it's like, nah, you can have it. No, we don't want it. You can have it. No, we don't want it. You have it. No. And <laughs> no one can decide. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. This, this happened. Yeah, this, I I remember the exact same similar situation happened. I think just about two years ago, when um, I think United got like top four on like the last day it was uh, Leicester. Yeah, where Leicester decided to flop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, it Leicester, reminds me of that. Leicester flopped for like two two years, two three years, straight up. They could have made top four those two years and been in the Champions yeah. League, but they flopped twice. Yeah, they they something is up with that uh, with Leicester, but uh, I think a part of it has to do with Brendan Rodgers. But we're not going to get into that. I, I missed out Arsenal. Arsenal are trying to get the top four as well, but yeah. you know, hopefully they, they lost. Yeah, they, 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 they got smoked yeah. by Crystal Palace. Yeah, they they bottled <laughs> yeah. it today. Hey, Victor, you can't really say anything, though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that I, is guess, true. I, guess, I guess we both lost. I mean, as United years. fans, we can't say too much, but at least we didn't lose. I mean, it's terrible. Oh. But, you know, transitioning now into the United uh, topic, because I think you wanted to do that, didn't you, Benz, now? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, there was a, a stat, a statistic uh, that bro was um, came up on the screen before the start of the game that because Ronaldo was sick that we didn't United haven't won I mean United ever yeah haven't won a game without Cristiano Ronaldo playing so yes. I think it was like four or five draws and one loss which was yeah. the loss against Man City and it's just like those Ronaldo haters are so annoying. It's like, oh my goodness, like, stop trying to get attention and trying to take digs at the one of the goats of the game. Like, do us all a favor and just go away. Like, seriously, like, nah, go, bro. Go, go and look at some facts and figures uh, of of Ronaldo's uh, statistics and his gameplay and how he's still doing that at this. I mean, I think the last mm-hmm. game he played for United was, wasn't it the hat-trick that he got against uh, Tottenham? Was that the last game he played before the international break? I can't no, remember. He played, he played one more game before the before the, before the the international which, break. Which game? The, was, la- uh, the, the last game before the, um, after the Tottenham game. 
that was uh, I let go, but but the uh, yeah, that's why I've taken out my brain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but no, I, I actually I want to pick on this because I think this is a big thing personally. I, I think, think you need to retire. Wait, listen, wait, Vic, Vic, no, wait, no, no. wait, Vic, wait. So I I think because I think this is a very this is a very big big piece, and I and I actually have. Um, a situation when it comes to Ronaldo and United, and my my own piece is not about you know him being uh, what you call it uh, old or anything. It's just about how the team is designed and how he, even though he helps the team, he actually doesn't solve. He's not a problem, but he's not really a solution. Now I did see you know, that he, he seems know. like a solution if United, you know, haven't won a game when he's not played. Yeah, no, absolutely. I can, I can see that. But like, I wanna, I want, I wanna bring something back because last season, and I'm not one of those people who say, oh yeah, you know, Ronaldo came in, and then since he's come in, he's been causing problems. But I want to point out something because last season, United, you know, we're actually playing well. They were winning games. They had Cavani out front. Obviously, they had, uh, you know, Mason Greenwood at times, and we all know what's going on. The less said about him, the better. Uh, but then, you know, we get into you know, this season, Ronaldo comes in and all of a sudden he now seems like the only person that can that can get United through game. Right? Um I, I, it looks like my stuff is doing that weird. I don't know if you guys can hear me properly, but Yeah, it's a little on and off. It's glitchy. Okay. It seems like it's doing that weird. Uh, I can get that feed I'm getting that feedback but I see my throat is scratchy, but uh, let's let's see if we can try to pull through. But can you guys hear me properly now? Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. I, I don't know. It's like a weird feedback, and it's like, oh, I got a scratchy throat, but I hundred percent don't. Anyway, uh, so I want to ask you this, Martin. What is the big difference between what happened last season and this season? Because United were performing, to, at least not not. I mean, you could say COVID and whatever, but. At least they were performing to a, a substantial uh, manner, um, and they were still getting results here and there. I know it was a, a heavily a very counterattacking team, and all of a sudden Ronaldo comes this season, and United can't seem to win a game without him. So, what what do you think has changed? Well, I mean. You, you say about last season, and last season, you did touch upon it with the saying about COVID, and that's a big factor. And so it's hard to compare against last season versus hmm. this season because of that. And then, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't last season when Van Dijk got injured and, and Liverpool dropped off? Was that last season or the one before? Yeah, it was, it was last season, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like... Um, Last season with United, you know, coming in second was a false position, to be honest. And mm -hmm. we were lucky to be in second because um, I guarantee if Liverpool didn't have all those injuries, they would have been second. United mm -hmm. would have been third or fourth. So, like, last season was such a weird season to try and compare it to this season. Yeah. Um, and, and, like, you can't say, you know, oh, Ronaldo come in because... We got Varane, you know, we've got Sancho, we got yeah. other, you know, we got more than just Ronaldo that came in and you can't just focus it on Ronaldo. And it seems like people are doing that 
just because he's one of the goats of the games mm-hmm. uh, and is an escape goat, <laughs> pardon the pun, but like yeah. he he can't be the blame, especially like I said with you know the, the when the when Ronaldo hasn't played, United have drawn like four or five games and lost one. Like yeah. And we can barely score one goal from like Fred, which is a, a crazy goal. <laughs> like thought <laughs> Fred would score and rescuers because he found his Brazilian passport and Ronaldo wasn't available. <laughs> like, come on, like I just think it. it yeah, it's a good topic to talk about, but it, at the same time, like, come on, like you can't compare it to last season as well. Mm-hmm because of those factors I said, and you can't scapegoat Ronaldo every single time because of the system. Like we need to, if, if you got one of the best players in the world, and to me, he's still one of the best players in the world, obviously you got to work to his strengths and change the system to, to, you know, capitalize on that um, player in Ronaldo. So then we can, get results and like and, and one of those ways is obviously crossing the ball in uh with yeah. the overlaps from the fullbacks or whether bruno or, or some of the other midfielders you know cut into the to the one of the wings one of the sides which bruno is known to do and whip those balls into ronaldo that you know obviously as we know can leap like a salmon and and head those uh balls into the net i mean mm-hmm. I, I saw a youtube uh clip um of ronaldo i think it was like i think it was juventus i can't remember if it was juventus or real madrid now but when he leaps so high way above the defender and i, I think it said that it's the highest ever um jump from a yeah. from a standstill i mean it's incredible like yeah. you're not whipping those balls in, like we're we're losing how many goals per game per season that we could get if we got those in, and and we have been crossing more, I think, since we got Ronaldo. But the quality has been here and miss, and yeah. and also we have the issue with Rashford, which is another topic in itself, and players like Rashford and obviously Greenwood before. He, he was no longer available where they would try and cut in and shoot more than look for the cross into the box for Ronaldo. So yeah. it's like had strikers as wingers instead of wingers, you know, like to cross in the ball. Like, I feel like we need to, I mean, it's good that we've got Sancho. Yeah. But I feel like we need more <laughs> players like Sancho who are more looking to provide than to get the glory and score, right? Yeah. Well, um, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting that you're saying that. And I, I, when I hear you mention that, um, you know, we need obviously the right, uh, you know, type of players to come in, but we can always talk about, you know, crossing and who comes in. For example, we got uh, Chad and Sancho, as you mentioned, but the thing is Chad and Sancho doesn't, they don't play him out wide right to where he can, you know, hug the touchline, um, or uh, take away that extra defender, or if he has the right type of space, he puts in a nice, beautiful cross uh, in for a guy like Ronaldo to come in and do his job. Um, you know, they rather they're playing him as a you know left uh, left forward slash left winger um, who cuts in on, on his right to shoot. So um, 
there's obviously some missing pieces there. Uh, yeah, so. I think that's just management in in that, and I also think it's because we've got Alanga, who has um, you know become one of the main players this season. Is uh, he? I think he is better on the right, and so I think what the Ranick is doing, what the manager is doing, is putting Sancho on the left, and um, because I think he can work just as well on the left. Um, than he as well as he can do on the right, where I think Alanga is, is more suited for the right, uh, is what I think is what's going on with that one. But I think we're linked with uh, Anthony from Ajax, uh, especially because of the links to Ten Hag possibly getting the United uh, manager job. Yeah. What do you think about that anyway? What do you think about Ten Hag uh, uh, becoming... You know, United potentially United's next manager. Um, are you off that idea, or do you think maybe Pochettino is a better option? I, I'm in the boat for uh, Ten Hag. I think he's okay. got he's got the most potential. I think he's on the direction of going up in his career. Where I think for uh, Pochettino, it's been rocky to say you know the least. Um, you know, he I think his uh, peak was the Champions League final, which um, unfortunately didn't go well because of that penalty at the beginning of the game that messed up that whole final. I mean, I watched that and I, I as soon as that penalty kick uh, was called and the and the goal went in, I was like, well, as a neutral, this final is dusted because, dusted, yeah. <laughs> you know, like they were already... Uh, fighting an uphill battle against Liverpool, so um, yeah, that didn't go well for them. It was no. Liverpool they played right against. Uh, yeah, it, it was. Yeah, it yeah, was Liverpool. Well. Yeah, so I think that was his peak, and uh, since then, uh, you know, I, I think also it's, like it's he, he didn't he didn't win the. The, uh, the French League when he took over partway in the season and he still had a lot of games to to win that league. And, you know, a lot of people like to say it's a pub league um, and not to disrespect it, but it is a lot easier of a league compared to other leagues in Europe, mm-hmm. um, especially, you know, the major leagues. So I think that was a disappointment. And, and a little bit surprised um, they gave him a chance to uh, have a full season, but obviously kudos to PSG to give him a, a full season. Um, yeah. I think they they wanted to give him a full season because they're all about trying to win the Champions League, as we all know, uh, which <laughs> is another uh, <laughs> stumbling block for him and another reason why I wouldn't want him as a manager. I mean, yeah, sure, Ten Hag got you know knocked out of the the um, Champions League in the same round, but it wasn't in the same manner as as uh, the way PSG did, where they're up, you know, by comfortable, you know, it almost felt like, you know, when um, PSG were up and then Barcelona came back with, you know, Neymar's goal and, and yeah. you know, with Messi and Co. Like that, it had like remnants of that, which was. It was a special game, and I was watching that, and I was just like, "It's one of those moments, like, whoa, is this really happening?" <laughs> yeah. And I think because that was such a major like game, 
and and sent shock waves around you know the the world of football that it left like a mark you know mm-hmm. and it's another mark on 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 him as a manager and so i feel like because of that and and those other things i mentioned uh ten hag is the man for me and hopefully united appoint him and um and and you know especially with ajax right Ajax mm-hmm. are, as we know, um, are a selling club, right? They sell the top players, and and Ten Hag has been able to rebuild the team. I don't know how many times because I, I watch them now and again, mostly in the Champions League. Um, but you know, it, it's a league for me that I don't honestly have much interest in, so I don't really watch them unless they're in the Champions League, like I said. But I, I've heard, and I obviously know he's had to. Uh, rebuild the, you know, the squad, the starting eleven because of selling the top players. I mean, we know, of course, because of Van de Beek going, and he was one of the main players for them. Uh, unfortunately, hasn't given been given a chance at United. Uh, I think he was doing well at Everton on loan, and then not so well. I heard. Um, so, but it would be ideal if we get Ten Hag because then next season Donny Van de Beek can be given that opportunity to show what he can do and i think he deserves that chance yeah no makes sense um now we we, we talk about eric ten Hag, uh coming in uh obviously we've got uh ronaldo we don't know if he's gonna stay after what what whatever happens this season yeah yeah um, i think uh, oh did you say greenwood or ronaldo oh no i said i said ronaldo so yeah yeah i think it's in my opinion, I think if United get Champions League football, he stays for sure. And yeah. then if if United don't get Champions League, I think it's like it could be a 50-50 chance that he stays or goes. Um, or it might be more of a chance that he goes because he's missed the Champions League, as we all know. Um, does he go to PSG? Does does PSG not fancy Ronaldo, but then they like their superstars? I guess I guess we'll find out if United make top four because you know looking at the standings and like I said before it's like everyone who's in the race for the top four feels like they don't want it. <laughs> it looks yeah. like they don't want it. Like each team, whether it's Chelsea, Arsenal, West Ham, you know United, uh, Tottenham, the, you know they win some games, lose some games, draw some games. They they're not consistent enough. It seems. Yeah. Um, now, if if Ten Hag comes in, now this is kind of a uh, a two faced question. Ten Hag comes in. Do you think number one? Do you think he will work? He will find a way to work with Ronaldo. And number two, do you think just Ten Hag is enough? Because um, you know it's fantastic having a manager who's on the up, who I who we all believe is on the up, and who can I genuinely think he will make a difference. Or would you think that is enough to compete with the likes of you know Liverpool right now, who are just freaks, um, and City, who have all the money in the world and spend it wisely, compared to us, who have all the money in the world as well but spend it poorly? Um, you know, do you think that's that's just going to be enough? And and what do you think really will change this United side? What do you think will bring back the glory days for Manchester United? Yeah, so um, with your first question about Ronaldo and Ten Hag, I think, you know, with us being linked to Anthony, I, I haven't seen him, 
I haven't seen a lot of him to be honest, but I'm I do know who the player is, and he, I know yeah. he's a top quality player. And you know, playing on that right wing, um, he can whip that ball into Ronaldo. Like I was mentioning, that's one of his strengths. So I think you know, if Ronaldo does stay, and you know, knock on wood, we get Champions League and Ronaldo <laughs> stays. <laughs> um, I think if we get Ten Hag we would probably get like um, Anthony. That would be ideal for that right side. And we got Sancho as well. And hopefully Rashford comes back into form and gets taught the the Ten Hag Ajax way of, uh, of playing, which is a lot better than the United way of late. <laughs> I think... I think he would work with uh, the system of getting, Ronaldo, getting the best out of Ronaldo, I, I believe so. Okay. And... And then on the other piece, then, uh, is Ten Hag enough to get this United team back to where it needs to be? Is he enough? Well, I think it's a good starting point, to be honest. Um, and I think he will be enough if, and this is a big if, if the board backs him and if yeah. the fans back him. And I believe the fans will back him and give him more time than Poch. And yep. I, I believe it's more of a project uh, because, like I mentioned, uh, Ten Hag has built teams um, because of them selling their best players. So, you know, mm-hmm. I think it'll be a it'll be a process, that's for sure. Uh, and, and uh, you know, on those typical lines, it's a three-year project or, or something like that, right, that we've heard under Ollie and it hasn't worked out. But I think... Ten Hag has more of a pedigree than Oligon Associa. I think that's almost like a fact more than an opinion. I yep. mean, Ten Hag has worked with uh, Pep um, at Bayern Munich, and I think uh, he's he's done an amazing job at Ajax. I mean, like I said, I don't I don't watch that league to be honest, but I, I am aware of like the things that he's done, and I you know hear the things that it's all positive for the most part, right? So yeah. I think the appointment of uh, Randnick, um, I, I hope he still gets the um, the job, um, you know, being the, the director. Uh, I don't know his, his job title. I don't even think he knows what his job title <laughs> would be. But, uh, hopefully he still gets that job behind the scenes of, you know, being, you know, helping with recruitment and getting the right people in place behind the scenes. And I think that would be a good marriage um, of Ten, Ten Hag and Rannick behind the scenes. Um, so, and then having the board uh, back Ten Hag and listen right. to Rannick behind yeah. the scenes. If, if the board can do that, I think, uh, you know, to answer your question, I think Ten Hag will be enough um mm-hmm. in the in the future as the project you know i mean if you think about like when um uh klopp was appointed at liverpool he didn't have it wasn't smooth sailing right from the get-go for him um and and look what's happened in in recent years with them winning the champions league the premier league unfortunately um so you know <laughs> as a united fan you know I'd rather have Man City win it than Liverpool, but it's like 
yeah, it's like pick it's your point. It's terrible yeah. either way, and I hate saying this. And <laughs> hopefully with the appointment with Ten Hag, if we get him, hopefully we can challenge and not be like, oh, I hope Leicester win the league, or yeah. I hope Chelsea win the league, or yeah. someone else who's not really offensive to United fans, you know, <laughs> then it's not one of our rivals winning the league. So it's it's terrible relying on, you know, <laughs> teams that are not really offensive to Man United fans. So hopefully we can, in the near future, compete like the glory days. And, you know, I think your last question was, like, how can we get back those days, wasn't it? Yes, it is. It is. How can we get there? Well, I think, you know, one of the ways is appointing Ten Hag back in you know, Ragnik behind the scenes. So it's basically going into what I was saying prior to that, that question. Yeah. Uh, but to add to it, I think would, would be, um, you know, making signings that make sense. I mean, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, bar Ronaldo, cause he's the goat, goat, one of the goats of the game. We need to like find players that like Ragnik has said that are on there you know, first or second major contract who are hungry to play and, yeah. and not just, you know, there for the, the payday or, oh, I've made it. I'm Mr. Harry Maguire. I've made it now. I don't have to prove myself. Like, mm-hmm. And I hate, hate to use him as an example because, you know, you hear things on social media that, you know, oh, you know, especially with the England fans him. You know, I was surprised about that because maybe they were just doing it. Maybe it was fans of other clubs or maybe it was a mixture, but I don't know. But United fans, we cheered him. To be honest, if if a player deserves to be booed, they deserve to be booed because it's an ent- entertainment business, you know, sports at the highest level. It's like theater, you know, hence the theater of dreams. Like yep. if you're not performing... Like if you watch, if you go to the theater, watch your, a live show and it's a bad performance. I don't know if this happens in real life. Maybe, maybe <laughs> like, maybe like if you go to a stand-up show, you know, you, you've seen on on TV. If at least I, I've, I don't know in real yeah. life too. Especially <laughs> in Canada, everyone's so nice for the most part. But yeah. anyway, as a rule of thumb, you know, you get booed, and 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 we've seen it. You know, whether it's in the stadiums, you know, being on the, on the television, you know, you, you hear them being booed on the telly, you know, if, if it's a bad performance, you can still hear that. Right. Yes. I, I think, you know, what's the point in clapping when, when it's not even. When you're correct, not, yeah. When, when it's not deserved. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like grinning and grinning and smiling when you don't want to, like, yeah, okay, I get that you can do that for a little bit, but like honestly, the the truth will come out and they'll get booed if it keeps going. I mean, take for example, you know, the end days of Socia, you know, yeah. um, you know, when he had to put his hands up in an apology, it was sad to see as a United fan and and for a, an icon and legend of the club right it's just sad mm-hmm. to see but you know it, it helps the situation because the players need to know and even in clap they they know and they need to look in the mirror and say this isn't good enough right so yeah. but yeah we need to get players that are 
willing to fight for the club, you know, are proud to wear the shirt and, you know, don't down tools. I, it's almost like, especially with this last game, right, against Leicester, they checked out. Watching the game, it, it looks like the, the players are checked out. And, and the reason I mentioned Maguire as well, because not just because of performances have been up and down, mostly down, but it's it's because he's the captain and yeah. he's responsible for the morale of the team on and off the pitch and, and building them up and motivating them, getting them to, you know, keep going and not give up. And, you know, like the, the days of old where we would, and the commentator said it as well, you know, typically United in the last five, 10 minutes would, would bag a goal. And, and I kind of knew as a United fan, it wasn't going to come. I feel yeah. like if we had Cristiano Ronaldo, it may come. It may come. And 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 that's another thing. You know, Ronaldo haters sit down. If you think <laughs> about the games, especially in the Champions League, that Ronaldo got a last-minute goal, last-second goal to win us the game, get us out of trouble, Fergie time return, it was Ronaldo. If Ronaldo was on the pitch on that game against Leicester, I would have had a, a little bit of hope that we were going to get a Fergie time goal, but he wasn't there. And what do you know? We don't get a Fergie time last minute, last second goal. Well, we, we looked like we were going to get something and Elanga tackled uh, Rashford. Uh, well, there yeah. was a shot at, right near the end. Was it Sancho or Rashford who shot wide? It, it was one of the two and it's just like, yeah. come it, on, like, yeah. have your composure and get that in the net. Get it at least on target. It wasn't. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, you, you are right with that. It's just that there was a last-minute opportunity for Rashford. And funny enough, it was Elanga. And I know some uh, – I, I personally think Elanga is not ready for the first team, but we just don't have anybody. We've loaned out everybody that we could loan out. Um, yeah, Greenwood's gone, so Elanga's in, you know. Yeah, exactly. So that messes things up. But uh, I do know what you're saying, like, you know, when it comes to, you know, the the, the Ronaldo thing. I just think that, to be honest, I think that um, uh, having Ronaldo is an easy piece to, for everybody to say, OK, well, if he was there, we could have gotten a chance. We could have gotten something. Um, but I also think that we should not forget that, uh, uh, you know, there was literally no strikers available at uh, this game and it's just been due to poor recruitment the way united have just the board has set things up they they don't recruit the right people they don't get the right uh personnel uh, uh to come in and do a job for the, the squad that we're in this mess you know uh, how could you rely on i mean cavani i love cavani so much but yeah you know, same what, but like, he's so injury prone exactly, exactly. on Exactly. Exactly. You can't rely on a guy like that, right? So, um, and uh, Greenwood, even regardless of all the weird things that he ended up doing, he still wasn't even ready to play striker. That's why they weren't playing him as a striker. They were playing him as a winger. Um, So, you would think that they'll say, hey, maybe we should invest and get maybe a proper center forward in, or maybe we should find a way to keep, uh, you know, Martial and, and, and make him feel like he's the... Uh, he he's needed and, and just trick him in a sense. And then eventually, if you want to get rid of him at the end of the, the season, you can get rid of him. But at least you have those options there um, uh, for moments like this when Ronaldo is not available, Cavani is injured, 
who do you call? Are you going to call Will from, um, you know, the youth setup or somebody else from there? So anyway, there's just so much, so many problems. They're not ready in the youth for that. No, they're not. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And and to be honest, like, Martial should not have been sent on loan. Van der Beek should not have been sent on loan. It's disheartening seeing those things. And I feel like if they had stayed and not been sent on loan, we Mm. would not be in this sticky situation as much. I feel like they would have helped out, made a difference. Because, like, I think it was the game, the last game before he was on loan, that Martial was thrown on and we had, like, Martial, Cavani, uh, Ronaldo, Greenwood, perhaps... Mm-hmm. All our strikers, we had like I think four strikers on, and it was towards the end, <laughs> and it was like oh Rashford perhaps, uh, yeah, it was Rashford, not um, Greenwood, I think. Greenwood, yeah. But like um, it was like Martial to um, to uh, to Cavani was it, and then Cavani yeah, passed so, it yeah. Yeah. to Rashford to score against uh, West Ham to make it uh, a winner right at the end, right. And I think that was his last game that he he played before he was sent alone. Yep, yep. So and, and I think, yeah, I think he would have made a big difference. Yeah, it was Sancho who messed messed up. He he snatched out. I'm just watching the the highlights now. He yeah. he really just needed to take a touch instead of him that first time, and uh, yeah. and that could have been a winning goal there. Yeah, oh, yeah. You you will. I, I I think probably the highlights will probably pop up uh, with uh, Rashford with that last minute chance, and Elanga puts his foot out, tries to take a shot, takes him out, and and uh, we missed the opportunity. But still, those are like you know we're talking about all the little fine margins here. We shouldn't be in this scenario with uh you know against it. I, I, unfortunately, to put it this way, Leicester haven't been playing well this season. Um, and against a team like Leicester, we shouldn't be in that scenario. But we keep finding ourselves in these little, you know, uh, uh, in these uh, uh, problems. And it also runs further throughout the whole season. It's just not one game. It's been happening for quite a while. Um, yeah. I just want to mention something here that I just thought of. So it makes no sense that we loaned Martial and, and Donny van der Beek. Yeah, because we didn't even bring in any players, and the the whole um, kind of theory that we're we're a bloated squad, we that we had too many players is nonsense. It, that I don't believe that. I think I felt like we had a strong squad, and uh, at times you're like, oh wow, look at our bench. We have this player, we have that player on the bench. Yeah. It's a strong squad. As soon as we put those players on loan. We had the the squad strength from you know looking on the bench of who can come on went down big time, didn't it? Yeah. And like I feel like the, the we should have had a scenario for okay if we're gonna put those players on loan, it's because we are guaranteed to get one or two signings in, mm-hmm. and it never happened because the club, the Glazers are all about saving money. Oh yeah, putting them on loan. Like I think, yeah, I think United are not paying all the wages for those players, right? Because obviously, because they're on yeah. loan, so yeah. they like the idea. But obviously, they don't like the idea of spending money and no. buying a player. <laughs> and they use the excuse, "Well, we don't know who the manager is." Well, we still don't know who the manager is, and we're looking at players, potential yeah. players, which you yeah. have to do. 
um, before the summer because this summer is going to be a short summer to make transfers because I believe the season starts early because of the World Cup, which is in, I believe, November slash December, right? So you're going to have to have a small uh, break in the Premier League and other leagues around the world. So Um, uh, with with that being said, so... Right now, United are uh, they they said they're waiting for they don't have a manager, so they're still you know not buying anybody. But they just signed uh, Bruno to a, I think a, a contract extension, and they're yeah. currently looking at contract extensions for Shaw and Marcus Rashford. Uh, that's what I just heard recently. Um, what do you say about that? So you don't have you, you don't have a new manager, so you're willing to uh, uh, wait until there's a new manager to get some new signings in. But then the current signings, you're already renewing them on a contract. What if the new manager doesn't want these players? Yeah, (laughs) it's just one of those (laughs) situations that doesn't make sense. Like, uh, for example, the situation I mentioned just a bit ago. And uh, I think what they're doing with that one is they don't want to, they do not want to be burnt. They mm. don't want to have their financial asset in that player be a, another Popper situation yeah. with how Paul Popper is almost nailed on to leave in the summer to PSG or Real Madrid, uh, in my opinion. So mm. I think they just don't want that situation to creep up on them. And also I think it's because Bruno has had... Uh, credit in the bank from the previous season yeah. uh, previous seasons that he needs to get a pay rise because he was not getting paid that much compared to other players and a lot of other players that are not as good as Bruno sure he's on a little bit of a dip right now on his form he's not playing as well but you know he did get that shot away uh, where the keeper saved it and then Fred you know got the rebound and scored he used to doing the Hollywood passes so much and, and, and do the, you know, simple balls and passing and moving more of that. Like he is a key player. And I think that is one of the main reasons why, uh, as well as they don't want a Paul Popper situation uh, yeah. again. So that those are some reasons why they wanted to tie him down to that long extended contract uh, yeah. to, you know, give him that pay rise to not have that situation with Paul Popper happen to mm. a key player like uh, Bruno. And I think that their mind in thinking, uh, which is, you know, the club, the board, they, they know that he's such a, a good player. Um, even though the, you know, the Glazers don't know much about the sport, yeah. uh, <laughs> but they've been told he's a key player, a good player. So they're like, oh, well, you know, Whoever the manager is, whether it's Poch, whether it's Ten Hag or whoever, he, he'll most likely be a key player for them. And yeah. if not, then in a year or two, you know, or three or who knows what, um, he, he might be phased out and sold. So, and they'll still get, uh, you know, money for him. So he'll still be an as- asset for them, right? Um, because his his stock, he'll be worth more on a, a longer contract than if he was close to running it down. Yeah. 
Um, now he did have a, uh, three years left, and I, I hear what you're saying. Like you know, we don't want a Pogba situation. Uh, obviously, well, it, it, yeah. In that case, it's more to do with the pay, right? Uh, the pay, to keep right? Him happy, yeah. Keep him happy, yeah. right? As the yeah. key player, and he's been playing well in the past seasons. Yeah, absolutely. Now, my only concern with this is they are now saying, "Hey, we want to renew Rashford and we want to renew Shaw." Um, you know, I don't know what your thoughts are on those players. And and regardless, you know, uh, I know that Rashford, I mean, is, is the Manchester's baby. The stuff he's done off the field is, is immense. Um, and uh, and the clout that he generates is quite quite heavy. But still, don't we don't you see potentially an issue here that, hey, they secure another player. The manager hasn't come in. What if, let's say, Ten Hag comes in tomorrow and says, you know what? I actually don't fancy Rashford. I actually don't fancy Luke Shaw. Um, and and for whatever reason, you know, God forbid, I also don't fancy Bruno Fernandes uh, because he's just not the player that I, 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 I think is needed on this team. Wouldn't we be putting ourselves in a bit of a, a, a real, um, you know, bottleneck scenario by doing that? Well, I think that... They could just be turned into squad players, into bench players, right? Okay. Um, or Ten Hag might be able to get the best out of them. Um, okay. So, you know, it's hard to say. It's one of those scenarios, right? Yeah. Ten Hag gets the best out of them. They become a super sub, uh, a rotational player um, within the squad. Mm-hmm. So I think that they're – we know, like, they have – good abilities and we've seen like that they can play good but yeah. they might be able to get back to the best they might not but we'll see but it's hard to say yeah it is hard to say well really i mean it, yeah everything is all speculation right but even yeah. i i would even go up one even on this um i've seen a lot of uh, i i hate doing this because you know, it's uh, it, it it's all it's almost very pessimistic, but I just have seen so much failure in the last ten years that I'm just <laughs> I I expect it now, right? And yeah. um and even to the extent that I know everybody's getting giddy at the fact that hey, we could potentially get one of the most informed managers for the first time in over how many years now, right? Uh, but let's, I also want us to just be a little bit more realistic. And maybe I, I like to use this avenue to caution the fan base and just say, look, it may not work out as how we all want it to. Ten Hag could come in tomorrow and just absolutely be horrible that everybody's just like, oh, my gosh, like, where did we get this guy from? Um, I, I don't well, I think that. I would still back him and give him time because, you know, absolutely. like I said, for example, Klopp, you know, he didn't hit the ground running at Liverpool. You know, looking at what happened there from the outside perspective and compared to when he started to where he's got them, it's night and day, right, with what he's yeah. won. So, and Ten Hag is one of those managers, like, in my opinion, like a Klopp, like a Pep. Mm-hmm. He's on the rise like they were, uh, like a Tuchel as well, right? He His yeah. stock wasn't that high until he he went to Chelsea and won the Champions League for them, right? He was yeah. he was known as like like a Ten Hag before then, in my opinion, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I think absolutely, he, yeah. So I think he's got more more potential than 
Um, then uh, what's his name now? Pochettino. Yeah, yeah. Then Pochettino, right? So, and and going off like what we just said about like you know Luke Shaw and Rashford and players, you know, it, it got me thinking. You know, I'm not player FC. I'm not manager FC. Whatever, you know, the manager wants and and feels is best for the team, that's the most Mm -hmm. important. I support Manchester United because I was born and raised in Manchester and I had no choice because my my parents, grandparents and what have you were, you know, fans uh, fans of the club. And so growing up in Manchester, I had no choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't care. Like, it, for example, like, you know, we've seen different players like Beckham leave the club. Yeah. You know, Eric yeah. before then, retired, yeah. you know, yeah. and Ronaldo gets sold back. Yeah. But like, it's great that he's back. And I always thought that he would come back to United. And it's like mm-hmm. a fairy tale story, especially like, the, the debut when he he scored against Newcastle and everyone saying Viva Ronaldo, you know, chanting the song, it was like goosebumps. It was amazing. But like, whether it's Rashford or whoever, like the club comes first because you know mm-hmm. who knows he he could turn into Danny Welbeck. Maybe yep. it's a, maybe it's Space Jam situation. Someone stole his <laughs> talent, right? Yeah. So you know, hopefully that's not the case. You know, and he can get that talent back and get his form back. Like, yeah. um, but the club comes first, and you know, United fans, as as we are, like you and I, uh, we want the best for the club. And yeah. whoever that, who, whichever players that is, whichever manager that is, as long as they have, you know, the quality and the best intention for the club to move mm-hmm. forward, that's the most important thing. No, that's awesome. No, I well said. And I think that's 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 you couldn't have said that any better. And that's a big piece for me. Um, is uh, you know, none of this I, I despise this when I see our fan base get so attached to either a manager or a player. Um, and I just say, Look, guys, like this is not it's not the way to operate. You always gotta uh uh the the manager, first of all, has to come with at least some level of pedigree. And oh, yeah, have, yeah, and they have unless, to. Marry. Unless you're, unless you're Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. <laughs> and I love the guy. I love oh, the guy. Man. I mean, oh, man. He made my childhood, you know, growing oh, up. Man. As uh, you know, I watched, I watched that game, you know. Um, yeah. And and to him, you know, scoring the winner, winning goal, like that was an amazing experience to witness. That I mean, yeah. I was watching it on the telly. Uh, and I was like singing with, uh, you know, my siblings. I we we believe in miracles, and and yeah. then Teddy Sheringham scores, and then Oli Gunnar Solskjaer scores the winning right, goal, yeah. and you know, I just made it. But like, you know, so but <laughs> I didn't mean to burn on him, but I just thought it was too funny not to say that. Um, That's hilarious. No, that, that is pretty funny. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm of, I'm of, I'm of the, I said once again, I'm very pessimistic and maybe a little bit too cynical. And I just thought from day one that that was the Glazers, you know, pulling, uh, they knew how to get the fans. And I feel. They, yeah, they were uh, pulling at our heart strings, right? They, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They they were like, oh, all, all they're going to associate, he's going to be a cheap man to yep. pay him. 
Um, yep. You know, he's not going to be uh, someone who's going to demand a lot. So he unfortunately got turned into a puppet. And, um, you know, it was a tough situation. But, yeah, I mean, getting a manager in with pedigree is is key uh, to success, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, I had a, a, a question for Victor, if he's still there. <laughs> he, he probably is hiding somewhere, busy, like, doing something else, or maybe passed out, I don't know. Vic, Victor, are you still there? Oh, he's probably he's, he's probably up to something. That kid. Uh, <laughs> well, they're talking about. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, God. I mean, it says he's still online. He's still yeah. connected. He's he's still online. Uh, but he's, I I do know. Online? Yeah, he probably I do know. Sometimes his uh, phone does some weird stuff because earlier on, uh, it's just shut. It shut down on us. We we had to kill off the previous. Uh, uh, link and started a new one because of that. So maybe his phone is doing something else. And oh, okay, yeah. My question, <laughs> my question for him, so everyone's not curious to what it was, is um, you know, I want to know from another fan's perspective. Um, you know, h- him being a Chelsea fan, who who he wants uh, United to get as manager if it's Poch <laughs> or Ten Hag. I, I, I think I can answer it for, for you. I think he would say Poch, and just because he knows Poch will not. Poch uh, will swap. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's <laughs> going to be the answer. That's his answer. Uh, but when it comes to, when it, I, I think, because him and I, we always have this convo. I think he knows for a fact that what Eric, Eric Ten Hag brings, um, you know, I think he, 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 he knows that piece, and uh, as a as a, from a footballer's perspective, not not a fan of another team or a different club or something like that. From a footballer's perspective, he knows that uh, we will get the best uh, out of our players with Ten Hag as the manager. So yeah, um, yeah, I think it's like how all the fans wanted is to keep Ollie, and they were saying mocking Ollie's at the wheel, and you know they wanted. <laughs> They're like, oh no, he still needs to give be given a chance, <laughs> give him more time, you know. Oh, so um yeah. Uh, yeah, I can definitely see that. And I think like you've got to look at it like this. Would a Man City want to replace Pep with a, a with a Parch or with a Ten Hag? And I think it's Ten Hag and and same with Liverpool when Klopp goes, who who would they want to replace? of Poch and Ten Hag. And, and to me, in my opinion, I think they will take Ten Hag over Poch. Absolutely. I actually think it was in the cards if uh, United... Because uh, uh, Poch... Uh, sorry, Pep is looking at leaving uh, possibly next season. That's the the little bit of uh, nugget that, that's been thrown out for everybody. Is, you mean uh, getting fired? Yeah, like he's going to... Because he's saying... You know, he's one of those managers that, you know, puts a million percent into what he does, gets burnt out, and then he needs a break. He needs time off. So I have a feeling. Oh, oh that... you mean Pep, not Pep. Pep yeah, yeah, yeah Pep, okay. Pep. So I have a feeling uh, they were going to be looking at Ten Hag as a possible repl- replacement uh, for Pep, um, you know, if he retires or if he, you know, takes a sabbatical next season or the following season after that. And Ten Hag also had one more year left on his contract with Ajax. So, um, in my opinion, we will be silly to botch this. We will be so silly to yeah. not get Ten Hag in. 
And I also think, finally, I also think that uh, Ten Hag coming to Manchester United will actually, uh, uh, what you call it, uh, will actually uh, unite the fan base again. Because yeah, I don't know I if you, yeah, I don't know if you've seen, but it's been quite nasty. As I said, you know, I'm quite active on social media. I kind of just watch on the sidelines and see what people say and see what people do. Um, but uh, the 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 fan base has been quite nasty to each other. Like the there's uh, there's as you said, player FC. There's manager FC. There's people who instead of comparing us against or comparing. Uh, our players against another player. We're comparing. We're comparing Marshall and Rashford. You know what I mean? Or or De Gea and Henderson. When it should be like, hey, maybe we should not be comparing our players. Yeah, I get it. Maguire is not the greatest, and and De Gea. Some people are not happy with him. And Dean Henderson, maybe he's not up to scratch. But shouldn't we be comparing or shouldn't we be debating against other, uh, uh, you know, team players than or I guess other teams like. I maybe it's a bad comparison, but maybe uh, Chelsea's Mendy against De Gea, not United's De Gea against that uh, uh, Dean Henderson. But anyway, I think Ten Hag coming in will really, you know, you finally have a guy who I think merits that position, and the fan base is unanimously be behind. Um, yeah. The only the only people who are not behind Ten Hag is you know ex players, retirees, and uh uh the media that that seems to be the only group that wants Pochettino but the rest of uh the fan base wants Ten Hagen yeah absolutely and I've seen that too and it like you said it will reunite the fan base instead of you know debating about different things it, yeah. I think it would be less of that especially if uh you know if we get Ten Hagen and he's able yep. to um you know, play his style of football, get the players, you know, in that he wants. So the recruitment's right. And mm -hmm. so he can play his style of football. But it seems like United are like hoping, waiting to see if Poch gets the sack from PSG. Yeah. And yeah. If that's the case, then they're going to get him because they don't want to pay out the amount of money it's going to cost to compensate, you know, the amount of money of the the rest of his contract that he's in at PSG and yeah. so like and PSG they have the money right but they're like do we sack him or do we not so I, I feel like it's just a waiting game and yeah. I, I feel like he shouldn't do that like like you should know who you want to get and not be indecisive of yeah. oh we might get this coach or might get that coach I mean I I heard um, that we've, uh, you know, had United had an interview with Ten Hag and it went great, it went amazing. So it's almost like, yeah, okay, we get that you're going through the process still, but if if you know someone's the right person and they interviewed really well, I think before yep. someone else takes him, take the friggin' person, like take yep. <laughs> where he's there, take the yep. right guy for the job like it doesn't yeah. make sense like apart yeah. from the yeah trying to save money so they can take money from the club which is is silly and wrong and they're just sucking the club for whatever they can and that's the sad truth uh, that we have to put up with right now as a united fan and hopefully you know 
United fans can come together and protest and get them out of the club, but I don't think that's going to happen, to be honest. Um, no. they, I, 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 yeah, I, I think the Glazers are in for the long run. I don't think uh, any amount of protests is really going to do anything. I At first, I was all for it, you know, protest as much as you can, but I, I just don't see... They are very, they're staunch, they're American businessmen, and there's mm-hmm. nothing more uh, <laughs> more oppressive than the American businessman, in my opinion. So um, I think the only way, the only way to, to take over or to get them out is to strategically um, uh, invade the, the stock market. I think that's the only way that, you know, United fans will be able to really do anything is find yourself a, a true, a true, like, as somebody who's as much a, fan, a, a supporter, a fan as we are, that has money and really wants to invade their 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 stock uh, options. That's the only way I feel. If not, you can forget it. They're not gonna. They're not moving anywhere. Um, and another thing too is they're not going to invest unless we're out of the Champions League, which it looks like it happen. may happen. Yeah. yeah. So, which will force their hand now to invest again, but. Um, they're just they, they just are not great owners and I, I don't think we, we it will be a winning battle unless we have somebody with money and that's the yeah. only way yeah. well go, going off what you just said triggered a thought there it makes no sense for the board to go with Poch then because he's going to want to buy Harry Kane that's going to be <laughs> yeah. over 100 mil and, and if they go with Ten Hag he's going to want to buy you know, players that no more than 50 mil. Like most yeah. of his players are going to be about 20 mil, give or take, on yeah. average. Um, you know, he's going to find these gems, you know, and, and think outside of, the bo- uh, outside of the box with Rannick and yeah. find these up-and-coming players and develop them into these superstar players instead of buying them, you know, like a, a Harry Kane and stuff like that because we keep getting linked to him, especially... You know, if we get Poch, he's going to want to re- reunite the uh, the team <laughs> yeah. with uh, Harry Kane and get the, the boy band back together with, you know, Harry Kane and hopefully not Deli Alley and players like yeah. that. So, um, yeah, let's get Ten Hag and, and not deal with that situation. But, yeah, yeah hopefully the board uh, see that it makes sense. Getting Ten Hag is cheaper than getting Poch, especially mm-hmm. if he doesn't get sacked. Like mm-hmm. we don't want to get a manager that's been sacked, you know, twice in a row. Like, come on, like it makes no sense. <laughs> get a manager that's up on the rise that hasn't yeah. been sacked, uh, yeah. of my knowledge at least, and and he's cheaper, and he will be cheaper when it comes to transfers as well. Like, it's a no-brainer. But um, unfortunately for the board, it. Do they have a brain, right? Yeah, exactly. No, not, you're, not, you're, not, not in sports, that's for sure. No, you're and absolutely, even, yeah, you're absolutely spot on with that. I, I feel that uh, uh, we will like we, you, you, it, it's silly to wait for somebody who's uh, wounded as a manager, and that's the. I know I, I've said this before in previous pods where I've said, "Hey, go for somebody who hasn't had the scar of failing." Uh, go for somebody who is still on the up and, you know, their star is almost shining bright. It's almost there. Uh, Poch was yesterday's man. They should have gotten Poch, in my opinion, instead of Ole when that time was available. But 
obviously Ole wooed a lot of people and tugged at the heartstrings of a lot of fans and uh they they ended up you know staying with them but uh Ten Hag is the is the is the star on the rise and you've gotta you've gotta go for that yeah absolutely cool well man it was it's been a show uh what uh what a what an amazing show and um uh I, I i we can go on forever there's so much to talk about so much football to cover uh but i know that we've been we're pushing probably an hour and 45 minutes now um yeah. i know it's 157 here but it's about an hour 45 minutes and um but yeah we'll probably love to you know uh, close it off uh, at, at this point uh, but honestly, Martin, we'd love to have you back on again. It's been it's been really really great to have you on, and uh, yeah, we're hoping that uh, you know you have a a great season with the uh, with the team that you're gonna be uh, coaching. Um, you're working. You, yeah, you mentioned you're working with the the, the yeah the an coach. academy team. Academy. And, uh, yeah, and oh, I was gonna mention. Uh, because uh, Victor didn't really realize when Chelsea was playing next, and they, they play on Wednesday against Real Madrid in the first oh, leg. So, yeah, the Champions League, you know, uh, for those listening, is well, the people probably know, but yeah, it's this week, right? It's uh, yeah. Tuesday and Wednesday this week is the first leg, and then next week is the second leg, obviously. So Perfect. it's going to be interesting to see that. And, uh, I'm definitely going to enjoy watching that as a, a new, neutral, the uh, Real Madrid against Chelsea, and and see what yeah. happens. Yeah, they're both they're both uh, off form right now. Real Madrid look a little bit off. Um, they need like they needed like apparently three penalties in one of their last games uh, <laughs> uh, to win. Uh, and uh, obviously Chelsea dealing with all this you know kerfuffle at this time. Um, so it will be a fun, fun piece to watch, uh, on Wednesday. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, uh, Martin has been, has been great. Uh, unfortunately, Victor looks like he's, uh, dropped off. I have a feeling it actually has to do something with his phone because his phone oh, was, okay. was massive. I saw it was because we were talking about Man United and no one was talking <laughs> about Chelsea. <laughs> I, want, I, wanted, I wanted you guys to have your space, you know? So. Oh, well, we appreciate oh, it. I had, a question. <laughs> I had a question for you. Yeah. Uh, who do you want Manchester United's next manager to be? Uh, it's got to be Eric Ten Hag, man. Oh, really? Oh, I'm surprised yeah. that you're not saying Poch. I've been saying I've been saying Ten Hag for a while, bro. But uh, oh. yeah, because I want I want United to come back to their to their you know strong self, so we can whip them again. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we can whoop them. You want more? You want more of a challenge? I see. I see. You You want more of a challenge? Exactly. You know, I've been I've been saying this for a while that I want the I want the top four to come back again, like the OG top four, the OG top four come back again, and then that then it's just gonna raise the level of competition again. So, well, the original top four wasn't Chelsea. You know that, right? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't, but then Chelsea Chelsea became the original top four, right? So, <laughs> the new original top four. The new original top four, yeah. <laughs> the two thousands edition. Yeah, edition. we're going yeah. to we're going to we're going to put Real Madrid to the test on on Wednesday. What's what's your fun. prediction for the score on the, for the first leg against Real Madrid on Wednesday? 
if we play Pulisic, we we'll win at least two two zero. Two now, okay. maybe maybe one maybe one zero. But uh, I like I like how the first thing you say is if we play Pulisic, like he's yeah. some savior messiah. Yo, He's bro, Captain he, America he for is, them. Man. He is. People don't understand this. He is, man. Oh. Like you call on you call on you call on the captain to come and save you when time when times are tough, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he's been on a he's been on a, on a crazy run actually for Chelsea and uh and country uh for like the past like two two, three months now. So I would you know you know who I think you know I think you guys should probably Play. I think you guys should just get back to the good old. There's two two options. Either you get back to the good old classic three four three with Havertz, Mount, and uh, Werner, or mm-hmm. just straight up just play it old school because that Real Madrid defense is all over the place, and just play it with um uh, what you call it uh, Lukaku in the center. Uh, on the right you've got Mount. I mean, sorry, on the left you've got Mount, and on the right you've got Havertz. I think if you guys do that. Forget about every other thing else. Three, four, three. Lukaku in the center, Mount on the left, Havertz on the right, uh, occupying those half spaces there. I think you guys will be in a much more um, better position. Mount, that, that Real Mount, Madrid team Mount hasn't Madrid. been effective lately, man. He has not been effective lately. Who hasn't um, been effective? Mount. Mount. Yeah, Mount hasn't he's been looking good. He's definitely, he's definitely dropped it off, right? Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh it's, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what get what happens in the in that uh first leg for sure. Yeah, we'll see what happens, but I I think just go to good old classic 343, three, don't bullshit it, don't mess anybody about um and really just have uh uh have Mount in and Havertz in those pl- pay, uh spaces that they're comfortable and I think Going back to that, you've got um, what's his name, Reese James back. You can go back to the three in the three in the back. You can also have uh, Alonso who plays like a winger, doesn't play like a defender, and utilize that opportunity for him to just bomb off the the wide left spaces there. I think, I think if he just if Tuchel just keeps it, takes it back to family, uh, puts the familiar setup for that team. You guys will mess up with uh, you guys will mess Real Madrid up. But if you guys start messing about and you know four three three four two three one and all this crazy stuff, just get ready to to make it a slugfest for yourself. So that's my mm-hmm. my my own opinion. I don't know what the scoreline is gonna be. I think Chelsea will eventually win over the two legs, but never count uh, my big boy Ancelotti out, man. I love I love Ancelotti. So um, yeah, you know, he's, he's a good player. manager. Uh, I just have one more thing to say before we wrap this up. Hello, everyone. Benson here. This is part of a two-part series uh, that uh, Martin, Victor, and myself uh, recorded. Um, Stay tuned for part two. Part two, we end up talking about um, uh, the World Cup, uh, Canada qualifying, and uh, Africa what uh why africa has failed in the world stage and what africa needs to do to uh improve in the world stage um and uh stay tuned and enjoy enjoy uh and uh, uh, hope hopefully you enjoy part one uh stay tuned for part two